Today's podcast is brought to you by you guys. I'm getting this out on Thanksgiving for the Patreon subscribers and the day after for everybody else, but I just wanted to say how grateful I am for this opportunity to engage with a book series that I love in a new way and to have this experience with my sister. And it's been really cool to see you guys coming along for the ride and engaging with us. I just could not be more grateful for you guys, your time, energy, and some of you even money to help this thing keep going. It's been a really cool 11-month run, and I'm excited to keep this thing rolling. So we got a short one today and a short one next week because I am all about the world here. But coming back at you in December, talking your ear off like we always do for those normal chunks. But thank you again. And if you're not from America, uh, you know, have a great Thursday, Friday. Have a good weekend. Hug someone you care about. I'm grateful for you guys, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Enjoy the turkey and get fat, fall asleep on the couch. Appreciate you. Cheers. I'm Josh. I am Alyssa. And we are back with a bite-sized episode of The Podcast Was On Fire. And it wasn't my fault. A read-along pod where we dig into the good, the great, and the problematic of the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher. I'm an old, long-time, faithful Dresden Files fan. And this is my very first time through. And together, chew it up and find the good stuff for our baby birds the world over. <laughs> you doing today, Ice? I'm doing great. Oh, How are you? Man. Oh, I am furiously laundering. Not mm. the fun kind where you get rich and hide it from <laughs> pops. Just clothing. <laughs> Trying to clean things up and get my bootay out of California for the first time in the next couple weeks. Going to Arizona and have some turkey with some turkeys. <laughs> and then I'll be back for a couple days to finally shovel all this stuff into a U-Haul and head up to the wide west north, as they call it. <laughs> Or something. (laughs) That's all I got on this front. Just uh, shooting through it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Had my last practice with current, well, former now, with my former club Uh on Sunday. And did a little pizza party afterwards. No, we want to do a going away party. I was like, absolutely not. But we'll do an end of session party. It was a going away party, obviously. But, my goodness, I have. I mean, I I would say never have I cried that much in two hours, but I have. (laughs) But it was a lot of crying. Aww. Speaking of, did you get the sticker? Oh, I have to go grab that. I actually want to give it to him. I told him I had something for him. Okay. Um, It should be there by now. Yeah, yeah. No, I was actually hoping it would come Saturday, so I'm assuming it was was there yesterday, but I didn't 
But it is all the, US- the way out of the house. It is the USPS. The greatest. One of the. Gr- I, I refuse to accept any slander on the USPS. Well, it just I'm just right this time of year. It takes a long time to get things anywhere. That's fair. But it is absolutely one of the great modern marvels. The well, and it's and just the new postmaster general has decided that it's time to run oh, it into the ground and oh stuff. sure but yeah no i just it gets a lot of crap no no, no i you say it loses it doesn't lose money it's a service it's like yeah. libraries libraries don't make money either i know so i was talking to somebody who's like reading something online they're like but imagine if someone tried to invent libraries today oh my god <laughs> oh my god but like postal service does last mile because it by law has to go to every residence yeah right? so like there's places in this country that are still not exactly the Upper West Side and paved. Uh-huh. I, just, I just tried to pick somewhere that I'd never been. Yeah. New York's where the real coastal elites are. Out here, we're like, cool, dude. <laughs> but no, like, there's places where, like, UPS wouldn't dream of going. Yes, I've been there. And, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And they, but USPS finds a way up that hill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... It does yeah, get. I, I learned. I learned the the fine art of rural postal addresses, uh-huh. as well as like that's why they have post boxes. You know, on the street corners, like sixteen different mailboxes in the middle of the desert, and like in Blue Jay, which is one of the small towns up in the mountains, everybody has a post office box. Interesting. Yeah, because well, because. You know, there there are some very, very remote kind of places. And when winter comes, people can still get mail. Yeah. It doesn't just get held somewhere. It's, well, it kind of does get held somewhere, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I just, like, even those, though, mm-hmm. like, there's places without P.O. boxes that are just, yeah. you know, third, third, what kind of trees do they have in swamps? Third jungle tree on the, on the left, hang a right through the swamp for an hour. No, it's it's turn left at the Jesus statue that's head's fallen off, and then go right at the big rock with the crack in it, but yeah. not the one with the crack in it and the moss. <laughs> Let me tell you, going through the desert at two o'clock in the morning, morning looking for the headless Jesus statue is amazing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But no, so I totally understand that. And I never really understood it until, like, because, you know, you hear about it, you get it, you technically get it. But until you see those places, you're like, no, no, this makes sense. It makes sense. You know, there's still homesteading in San Bernardino County. What does that even mean? Where if you live on the property long enough, they can't kick you off it. Oh, that's and true. It, and you own it. And you oh, own it. Oh, you don't own it. Yeah, that's true anywhere. The squatter's rights. But Oh, yeah, no, no, squatter's rights. But it's, What was the movie with a- Tom Cruise where they're, it's the Sooners, but they're running through Oklahoma, dropping flags places to like. I know, I I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what the movie is, though. I think it's there's. I think there's there's. Uh, Run away! Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there's certain rules like you have to have structures and you know stuff like that. But it's crazy. I learned about that when I worked out there. I don't know all the details of it. It was just like, oh, okay, that's creepy. <laughs> Because you're like, why is there a shipping container in the middle of the desert? Oh, that's a house. Oh. It is Oklahoma. Okay, good. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
It just took me a minute to remember the movie name. Yeah, no, no, I that's great. I was trying to look it up while you while you said it. <laughs> my random bits of knowledge that run through my head. During the land run of 1893. Mm-hmm. Another one of those glorious, uh, disgusting things. One of those black marks hidden amongst the 50 bright shining stars. <laughs> I'm like, I keep hearing noises. And I was like, what is that? I think it's the Trashman. <clears throat> Either way. I just imagine Tom Cruise with a bad Irish accent running up oh a hill in San, in San Bernardino throwing down a... Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Bobbing and weaving through the Joshua trees. <laughs> Meth falling out of his pockets. <laughs> oh, goodness, <laughs> I digress. That's spectacular. I am uh, not a kind person. You know, I just woke up a little bit ago and I've been doing laundry all morning. I'd appreciate some grace. Nobody, nobody faults you. I think there was plenty of them, but hopefully none of them in this. Well, there's only one of them in this room. Oh, right. Well, we mentioned today, we we're over the next couple of weeks anyway, we we're going to do some short stories. The hope was to get through a couple of days. Really, like I said, I'm laundering and about to head out on the first of many long sojourns. I We're going to do a restoration of Faith today, which is the first ever bit of Dresden Files to sneak out into the universe, out of that big old brain of Mr. Butcher and of Mrs. Butcher's baby boy. <laughs> and that's the only one we're going to get through today. And, uh, you know, should we do vignette? It's like a one-page one right after. I haven't read it at all, though. It's a microfiction. That's fine. You can literally read it as I'm describing it. That's fine. Uh, so we're just going to get through A Restoration of Faith, which is a good one to talk about anyway. And less about the deeper meaning that's in there and more about the stuff that isn't or the stuff that's hinted at or that kind of grows out of this is where I really enjoy looking into it. Whenever I go, yeah, whenever I go back through side jobs and brief cases, I don't do those as often as I read the novels, but I have gone through them a fair few times as well. And it's, I, li- I like looking at, uh, again, we talked about the negative spaces last week. Like I like looking at that, like what, what hasn't he thought of yet? And what you can kind of see the beginnings of some parts of his story structure in here and even some i think there's a line that's lifted wholesale later on but i could be mistaken myth taken either way i think lissy is better at well just about most things so i'm going to do the intro and she can do the breakdown of this very short but very good story that good i liked it yeah not not a ton of intro needed he mentions shaking Mentions on the audiobook that it, he, he had sent it around to a number of editors and di- they didn't think it was up to snuff for a professional publication. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite good, but I do love that he says that was a perfectly fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, expert novelist re- recognizing that even, you know, in his proto days, it wasn't quite as good as he is now. But yeah, this was written for a class assignment. You know, in a writing program, it wasn't an undergrad class, but it was a um, like a, a, a like learn to be a professional writer class is kind of the creative writing program, yeah. For yeah, but, but, it, was like, the, but oh, it wasn't University of Oklahoma's professional writing program. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't 
just a regular, you know, random creative writing. It was specifically about like how to be a professional writer. It's my understanding. Well, it's often like recanted as it was a school, a school project. So I came up with this technically, but it wasn't like he was an undergrad student or anything like that, but he had been, you know, working on his writing, but this was definitely his first foray into here. And like he said, it's the third or fourth short story he's ever written. If you include grade school, like he really is like, he's a natural at this, which is really cool again to see. We saw it already in Stormfront, you know, his first novel, but this is even takes that idea another step further. But we're in, we're in Chicago. Harry is an apprentice PI at Ragged Angel Investigations with Nick Angel. And we are on the hunt for Faith Astor. Faith Astor, she was ostensibly she was reported kidnapped by her parents. And this is what Harry and Nick do. They they find lost kids and they are off on the case. And it's gotten a little bit sideways as we catch up with our bumbling hero fumbling for quarters. And it's actually, she was missing because she ran away. And then they called and said that Nick and Harry had kidnapped her. So it changed. Sure. Uh, okay. Not, not yet. So <laughs> well, no, Harry no. doesn't know. Harry doesn't know that. Harry doesn't know. Yeah, but you said that she'd been kidnapped. She had she run away. Reported kidnapped. But that's not why they got involved. They got involved because she ran away, and then the parents decided to be assholes, so they didn't have to pay them. Oh, yeah, they said she was missing. That's true. They didn't. They yeah. didn't say what happened to her. That's yeah. Funny. All right. So Harry has found said child, and she does not want to be found. He calls Nick, who answers the phone, Ragged Angels Investigations. It's Harry, I said. You can relax, man. I found her. You did? Nick asked. He let out a long exhalation. Oh, Jesus, Harry. Little kid kicks her. She connected hard enough to make me jump. She looked like a parent's dream at eight or nine years old with her dimples and dark pigtails, even in her street-stained uniform, her street-stained schoolgirl's uniform. And she had strong legs. Hold still. Let me go, Beanpole. Listen, Harry, you've got to let the kid go right this minute and walk away. What? Nick, the Astros are going to give us 25 grand to return her before 9 p.m. I've got some bad news, Harry. They aren't going to pay us. Ouch. Maybe I should just drop her off at the nearest precinct house. The news gets worse. The parents reported the girl kidnapped. The police band is sending two descriptions around town to Chicago PD, and they match guess who? Mickey and Donald? Heh, we should be so lucky. I guess it's more embarrassing for Mr. and Mrs. High and Mighty to have their kid run away than it is to have them kidnapped. Hell, kidnapped girl gives them something to talk about at their parties for months. Makes them look richer and more famous than their friends, too. Of course, we'll be in jail, but what the hell? They came to us. That won't be the way they tell it. Damn it. If you get caught with her, it could be trouble for both of us. The Astors got connections. Ditch the girl and get back home. You were there all night. No, Nick, I, I can't do that. Let the boys in blue bring her in. That'll clear you and me both. I'm up on North Avenue and it's after dark. I'm not leaving a nine-year-old girl out here by herself. Ten. I'm ten, you insensitive jerk. And, uh... I was just going to say, if we read the whole thing, we'll no, actually no, no. probably get a, get a cease and desist. I know. <laughs> because this is monetized. No, no. no, no. Well, I was just, I was just. I know you, I know you were. It was a, it was a good, 
it was a good chunk and I liked the voices. I was just mostly just making a joke. No, 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 I get it. But, it, but you know, that's going to give us a lawsuit here. But that gets us the whole. So we, we kind of understand. Okay, so the Astros hired him. This little girl's kind of a little brat. She ran away from home. And the Astros are also shady as fuck. And yeah, I, so, like, I guess that's a, I guess that's more analysis. That's fine. Sorry. We, this is short. We can analyze as we go. No, I know, but I just want to have like some structure to our podcast. <laughs> no, no, totally. You mean it's like the, the day before Christmas break in grade school? Yeah, it's just, just no structure. I want a movie. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Don't talk to me. Teachers are uh, noble. <laughs> and with, this is again, Harry is following his conscience. You know, he says Nick was all bluster. When it came down to the wire, he couldn't have left the girl alone in that part of town either. And this is fine, whatever. But I can't get across the bridge very easy. So you'll, so I'll be on the far side of the bridge. Sorry, get across the river very easy. So I'll be on the far side of the bridge. And all you got to do is cross the bridge. So something's up with the bridge. And he says, have faith, man. I'll be there. Yeah, I just, I love that. Seemingly, again, we know what's going to happen. And obviously it's a short story about Dresden. But like, just that like throwaway line, like I can't get, I can't get across the river very easy. You know, doesn't suggest, it is a weird line, but it doesn't yeah. really suggest what's going to happen yeah but he's obviously referencing some of the same the same thing i would imagine or something similar which is just kind of funny but you know it's it's this is their normal there's this normal it sounds like it's just a a pi it's a subversion of our our expectations though right just another another mundane normal problem yeah i can't get off can't get across the river very easy you know yeah okay i just i just like that subversion yeah no definitely and it's just kind of like that you don't there's no explanation but harry doesn't need an explanation because he knows yeah. So the the kid tricks Harry, asking about, you know, why are you wearing that coat? Belongs in the set of El Dorado. Who are you supposed to be? Ichabod Crane or the Marlboro Man? I'm a wizard. <laughs> and that's our first introduction is Harry is actually a wizard. You've got to be kidding me. I found you, didn't I? How did you find me? I thought that spot was perfect. And then he talks about how it's a good thing her, her mom had her brush in her purse so he got a couple hairs which is also a good thing for normal missing children cases because dna obviously and harry goes into a little bit of a description of thaumaturgy he said it led me straight to you i had to walk most of the way but straight to you thaumo what thaumaturgy it's ritual magic you draw symbolic links between actual persons, places, or events, and representative models. Then you invest a little energy to make something happen on the small scale, and something happens on the large scale as well. And then she bites him and runs. And she, the little girl says, sucker. That is until a great, rubbery, hairy arm slithered out from beneath a manhole cover at the apex of the bridge and wrapped its greasy fingers around one of her ankles. Well, we figured out. Why? Somebody couldn't cross a bridge, maybe. (laughs) And little girl falls. Harry curses, runs towards the bridge. And the hand is starting to drag her towards the manhole. And the little girl is obviously frightened. Harry runs towards the manhole, jumps on it, and it comes down hard on the hairy arm. And at this point, he's wearing hiking boots, which I thought was an interesting detail. He's, still, he's got the jacket on, but he's also wearing hiking boots. 
A bellow erupted from the manhole, and the fingers loosened. The girl gets through. She loses a sock and a shoe, but she's free. The troll shouldn't have been able to squeeze his way out of a hole that small, but he did. Which is just, in my head, it's a great visual on that. I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. And he's standing in the middle of the bridge, like a troll does, which I love. Harry Dresden, wizard deprived Gogoth of his lawful prey. What are you talking about, Gogoth? You know as well as I do that mortals aren't all fair game anymore. The Unsealia Accords settled that. So we have a reference to the Unsealia Accords, which we just talked about last week. <laughs> which is great. I absolutely love it. Naughty children. Naughty children still mine. Give now. I lifted my right hand, forced out a little will, and the silver ring upon my third finger shone, abruptly shone with a clear, cool light, brighter than the illumination around us. Law of the Jungle, Gogoth. Survival of the fittest. You take another step, and you're going to land smack in the too-stupid-to-live category. The tog growled, not slowing, and raised one meaty fist. Think about it, Darkspawn. One more step, and you're vapor. No. Oh, yeah? Watch me. And he lowers hand. Gives the troll my best. Oh, she is mine. Wizard cannot interfere in this. Oh, yeah? Watch me. Lowers his hand, turns around, and walks. And he asks the kid, is he coming after me? No, he's just staring at you. Okay, if he starts this way, let me know. So you can vapor him? Hell no, so we can run. But what about the... I lied, kid. I love it. I lied, and I'm not a good liar, but trolls aren't too bright, which we've learned before. We learned in the, he, he's kept up with that. But Harry's not a good liar, and trolls are dumb. Uh-huh. Um, Until Lashio gets in there. Huh? Until Lashio gets in there. Then he can lie like nobody's business. Yeah, exactly. She says, I thought you were a wizard. I am. I'm a wizard who was at a seance slash exorcism before breakfast. Then I had to find two wedding rings and a set of car keys, and then I spent the rest of my day after you. I'm pooped. You couldn't blow that, that thing up? It's a troll. Sure I could. If I weren't so worn out, and if I were able to focus enough to keep from blowing myself up along with him. My aim's bad when I'm this tired. It reached the end of the bridge, and hopefully the end of Gogoth's territory. They, he, you know, he's hoping within the half hour he can meet Nick on the other side of the bridge. And the little girl says, was that thing for real? You bet. But it was, it wasn't human? No. But hell, kid, a lot of people I know aren't really human. Look around us. Bundy, Manson, those other animals. Right here in Chicago, you've got the Vargasis working out of Little Italy, the Jamaican posses, others, animals, worlds full of them. I know, she said. My parents are like that a little. They don't think about anyone else, really just themselves, not even each other, except what they can do for each other. And I'm just some toy that should get stuck in the closet and dragged out when people come over so I can be prettier and more perfect than their toys. The rest of the time, I'm in their way. Hey, come on, it's not that bad. I'm not going back to them. I don't care who you are or what you can do. You can't make me go back to them. That's where you're wrong. I'm not leaving you down here. And she says, I heard you talking to your friend. My parents are trying to screw you over. Why are you still doing this? And another little tidbit of information that we learned, which has significant effect later. He's got six months to be a licensed investigator. Because we know he is a licensed investigator since 
you know, Green keeps threatening to take his license away. And I've got this stupid thing about leaving kids in the middle of big, mean cities after dark. At least down here, no one tries to lie and tell me they care, mister. Sad. Uh-huh. And she's, you know, talking about Disney shows, other parents love them, their magic bond of love. But it's a lie. Like you and that troll. There's no magic. So sad. Because, you know, his whole thing is like, a little kid like that should be full. Their life should be full of happiness and, and dreams and magic. Oh, yeah. One of those, like, things that usually, I mean, we talk about it as women in trouble, but, like, kids is the same, you know, gets the same thing out of him. Like, it's just, he has these ideas mostly, I think, because of how his childhood wasn't, of how kids' childhoods mm -hmm. should be, right? Yeah. And hers is too, you know? Hers is not how it should be. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he realizes that I was in the business of wizardry to try to help people, to try to make things better. But no matter how many evil spirits I confronted, no matter how many would-be black magicians I tracked down, there was always something else, something worse, waiting for me in the dark. No matter how many lost children I found, there would always be ten times as many who disappeared for good. No matter how much I did, how much trash I cleaned up, it was only a drop in the ocean. Pretty heavy thoughts for a tired and beaten guy like me, my arms burdened with the girl's weight. And they look up, and there is a crime scene in an alley. A couple of EMTs were toting a covered shape out of the alley on a stretcher. And he says, please, maybe I should hand you only over. They're only going to take me home. I don't care. She sagged against me. And the Astors were a elite crowd. They carried enough clout around the old town to get a bum would-be private investigator put away for a good long time. And they could afford the best of lawyers. It's a lousy world, Dresden. And the good guys don't win unless they have an expensive attorney, too. You'd be in jail before you could blink. And they start walking. And a woman cop notices him. And starts walking towards him. He keeps walking. She tries to stop him. And they hide in a dark alley. And she continues on. Just leave me, she said finally. Go over the bridge. The troll will let you cross the bridge if I'm not with you. Yes, I said. So go on. I'll walk up to the police officer after you're gone. Or something. She was lying. I'm not sure how I could tell, but I could. She would go to the bridge. I'm told that bravery is doing what you need to do, even when you're afraid. But sometimes I wonder if courage isn't a lot more complicated than that. Sometimes I think courage is pulling yourself up off the ground one more time. Doing one more set of paperwork even when you don't want to. Maybe that's just plain stubbornness. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Not to me. I'm a wizard. I don't really belong here. Our world sucks. It might suit the trolls and the vampires and all those nasty, leering things that haunt our nightmares while we clutch our physics books to our chests and reassure ourselves that they cannot exist. But I'm not a part of it. I won't be a part of it. What's your name? He asks. Faith. Faith. My name's Harry Dresden. And he shows her his, his ring glowing. And he takes it off and puts it onto her thumb. Let me show you something. I like this a lot. I like this. Yeah. I really do too. Battery went out and I don't have money for another one. Faith, do you remember the very best day of your life? Yes, a Christmas. When Grandma was still alive, Grandma was nice to me. She came over on Christmas Eve and they played games and... 
she'd gotten her a dolly, a real baby dolly. Mother and father had gotten me Barbie stuff that whole line for the year. They said that if I left them all in the original boxes, they would be worth a lot of money later. But Grandma listened to what I really wanted. Grandma cared about me. And the ring begins to glow a soft pink light. I heard Faith draw in a little gasp of surprise, and then a delighted smile spread over her mouth. But how? Magic. The best kind. A little light in the dark. I need to go back, don't I? There are people who love you, Faith, or who one day will, even if you can't see them beside you, right here, right now. They're out there. But if you let the dark get into your eyes, you might never find them. So it's best to keep a little light with you along the way. Do you think you can remember that? She nods. Whenever it gets too dark, think of the good things you have, the good times you've had. It will help. I promise. We need to go. We've got to get across the bridge and meet my friend Nick. But the troll. Leave him to me. So they head towards the, the bridge. And we learn bridges are a troll's specialty. Either because of some magic or just because of aptitude. You never get across the bridge without facing the troll. That's life, I guess. All right, Faith, whatever happens, you run across that bridge. My friend Nick is going to pull up on the far side any minute now. What about you? I'm a wizard. I can handle him. Faith gave me another look of supreme skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And all of the lights that were on the bridge before are out. Gogoth's work, doubtless. Night reigned over the bridge, and the Chicago River gurgled by, smooth and cold and black below us. Faith is scared, and Harry says he's just a big bully. Face him down, and he'll back off. And Harry's protecting Faith, as he should. She must have been, he, Gogeth must have been counting on that because he climbs up the other side of the bridge and grabs at her. He says, run, Faith. The troll's arm swept my leg out from beneath me, and he came surging up over the railing at the side of the bridge, too, supple and swift for his bulk. His burning eyes focused on the fleeing Faith, and more of his slimy drool spattered out of his mouth. He scythed his cleaver through the air and crouched to leap after the child. And Harry trips him. He says, I heard myself cackling and decided, without a doubt, I had at least one screw loose. The troll tries to throw him. He hits his head. And Gogoth says, wizard, now you die and Gogoth chew your bones. Faith is a brilliant pink flash of light from the ring and the troll whips his head over there. And Nick's car arrives. The troll follows Harry. And even though he... And though I had gained a few paces on him, I had the sinking realization that the beast was lighter on his feet than I was. And he hears the cleaver swing by his head. He's bobbing and weaving. And then he stumbles and falls and the troll is on top of him. The troll has lifted his cleaver. And then the cop appears and jumps on the troll's back, gives, a, gives him a choke with a nightstick across the throat. and practically makes, you know, Goggins drops the cleaver and almost makes him pass out. But the cop doesn't quite realize that he's not human. The thing twisted his head, squirmed, and popped out of her grip. 
then opened his jaws in a frenzied roar that literally blew the patrolwoman's cap off her head and sent her stumbling back with a wide-eyed stare. The troll slams his fist in the pavement and draws back to to hit her. Hey, ugly, I shouted. The troll turns around. The troll spins around, and Harry swings the cleaver into the rotten, grimy flesh beneath his ribs, and it splits open with a howl of sound and a burst of motion. And this is disgusting. (laughs) The troll's wound splits, and dozens, hundreds, thousands of tiny, wriggling figures Grawling, squalling, and squealing poured out of the split in his flesh. The massive thews of the beast deflated like old basketballs, slowly sinking in upon themselves as the bridge became littered with a myriad of tiny trolls and their ugly little heads, no bigger than the head of a president on a coin. They poured out of Gogoth in a flood, spilling onto the bridge in a writhing, wriggling horde. What's funny is huh. I don't think that's gross at all. I think that's kind of cute. <laughs> I can picture maggots or roaches or that. Oh, oh, you know, baby trolls. Cutie little baby trolls. Absolutely disgusting. I don't know why it grossed me out so much. It's just kind of, maybe it's because I, I don't like ants. And that thought of like that many like ants or termites and just like, and I can deal with a lot of gross shit. So the cop is just kind of like slack-jawed, staring at it. Nick's car shows up, and the headlights spill across the bridge. And with twice 10,000 screams of protest, the tiny trolls dispersed before the light in all directions. (laughs) It's only Harry, Faith, the cop, and Nick on the bridge. And she's and Faith says that was the most disgusting thing I have ever seen. I want to be a wizard when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and the cop's a little stunned. Understand? She says that was was a troll. I know. Hey, thanks a lot for the help, officer. I squinted down at her badge, Murphy. I smiled and offered her the hat. Oh Jesus! I really have lost it. You, you're the perp in the Astra kidnapping. And he wants to, you know, he opens his mouth to, to retort. And good old Faith says, are you kidding me? This buffoon kidnapped me. He couldn't bum a cigarette off the Marlboro, man. I love that. Little old for her, but hey. And then she kind of winks at Harry. And she says, I admit, officer, I ran away. Take me to the pokey and throw away the key. And... Nick says, oh boy, here it comes. You get the top bunk stilts. I'm not going to pick up your soap in the shower. And then she she recognizes them and says, aren't you the two who run Ragged Angel, the agency that looks for lost kids? I run it. He works for me. Yeah, what he said. I threw in just to let Nick know he wasn't going to the big house alone. And Murphy checks on the girl and she says, I'm a little hungry. I could use something to clean up these straight, these scrapes, but otherwise I'm quite well. Did these two kidnap you? Please. And she says to Nick, I've got to call this in. You two vanish before my partner gets here. And they walk across the bridge. And I can't believe, I can't believe it, Nick says. I can't believe that happened. What Was that the troll? What's his name? It was Gogoth. Nothing bigger than a breadcrumb is going to be bothered by trolls on this bridge for a long, long time. I can't believe it. I thought we were so dead. I can't believe it. 
it's like I keep telling you, man, you've got to have faith. I like that. I enjoyed this though. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Obviously, it's relative. I'm not relatively short compared to what we usually do. It's nothing. Um, <laughs> but. You, you know, there's some good stuff to kind of break down a little bit, at least. I got yeah. a couple notes. And since there's no real chapters, we'll just kind of have to go in order, I guess. Um, yeah, first off, around. <laughs> you know, initial thoughts. I enjoyed it. The first thing, though, that, that is not a very, it just didn't feel like a very accurate portrayal of a 10-year-old. Sometimes it is. And then there's parts of it where it's like, no, no. Yeah, you get that in media a lot. Yeah, where, you know, like the overly smart kid or the like overly, you know, usually it's overly wise. But yeah, just like people who just have no idea how to how, how children actually act. Yes. That's again, one of those things that's just fine. Not the end of the world. It's kind of. No, it's not. It's just an observation. Almost tropey. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, uh, again, I wasn't criticizing your criticism by any means. No, no, totally. But uh, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It is interesting that just a couple years from now. This beat cop is a lieutenant running her own division. Yeah. And he hand waves that away by talking about how SI is like the place that cops go to, you know, that they go to run cops off. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But it doesn't explain that multiple promotions between here and there. That's a lot <laughs> of promotions. Exactly. But, you know, maybe she's already sat for her detective's test and she's yeah, waiting on gotta... results or something. You know, it could just be her last day on beat. You know, you never know. Or she's working overtime. Yeah, there's there's ways to hand wave away. Yes, there are. He, he does ref, ref, reference this as a, when she was back when she was a beat cop in the future. So either way, um, yeah. I, that's one thing that's always comes up. And it's like she did enough to get punished and run off, but also promoted multiple times over. You know, you can go cynical and say she was promoted politically based on her father. Well, but the thing is, she so she's a beat cop. She became a detective, or did mm-hmm. she become a sergeant, then a detective, then a lieutenant? That is three promotions. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe, like, maybe literally this afternoon. Yeah, that's true. Is her detective promotion, or you know, or is her first promotion? And she's she is also really fucking good at her job. No, she's and that's no 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 yeah. no disagreement on that. And de- definitely, some of the decision makers would have worked with her father. Yeah. So th- there's there's there, again just one of those things that just kind of this is interesting. And actually, wanted your law enforcement side take on that. Yeah. That quick rise up the that ranks. That was my first thought. I was like, how long ago is this? Yeah. But well, the I mean, thing, too, is that when we meet Harry in Stormfront, he's been a detective for a little, like, a little while. For sure, for sure. So I feel like it's not that long ago. I mean, or it's, I mean, it is longer ago than, than, like. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you, man, yeah. You know, like, there's a little bit of time passed, I would imagine. But still, it was, it's a little quick. Because I'm curious to how many years this is supposed to be. Also, do we ever see Nick again? I don't know. Liar. <laughs> i hate you i know i know pain in the ass all right so he starts working for nick about five years before stormfront but he's almost done here so maybe this is four years before stormfront so it's been it's a few years okay i'm just kind of looking at a rough timeline here this could be i also keep reading charity carpenter as charisma carpenter <laughs> every single time i see her name written all the way right there with you i'm right there with you <laughs> who is cordelia on buffy for the uninitiated. <laughs> I was reading on one of the Facebook you know, groups, Dresden one, someone asked a question about something and someone's response was just basically a, 
it answered the Dresden Files question, but exclusively in Firefly. <laughs> yeah, so if, if Johan Hart doesn't listen to our podcast, he should, is all I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, it's the uh, convergence of themes. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's not like we're the only people to have no. the exact same nerd angles. No. Like, oh, you like Firefly and Star Wars and Dresden Files? I was like these like major. Yeah. You like Star Wars too? Wow, you must be a huge nerd. Like, come on. Obviously, I am. You are for a lot of reasons. Having nothing to do with having nothing to do with your media. <laughs> but when I take my glasses off, obviously the football star will think I'm attractive. She's got paint on her overalls. She wears glasses. <laughs> exactly ponytail (laughs) oh my goodness it's fantastic absolutely i love it the paint on her overalls Uh Uh (laughs) obviously oh my god oh man oh man so continue the analysis here as we say yes as they say as we say (laughs) people say it Uh uh-huh around the (laughs) podcast scene Oh, yes. Harry's car is broken. Shocking. Shockingly. That's Uh, so unusual. Well, it's... I mentioned a few episodes ago how when and where Mouse shows up is almost exclusively a a plot device. Oh, yeah. And not that that he doesn't fit it in well, but it's like you can see the scenes where he has him and where he doesn't. It's clear that he needs to have him or needs to not have him in a lot of cases. But the Blue Beetle works the same way. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, even way back when, he realized, <laughs> like, having adding these stressors, having the car that breaks all the time means he's got to have creative ways to get around. He's got to cross this bridge here. You know, none of this yeah. none of this is a problem. This this novel doesn't, or this story doesn't happen if he's got the Beetle, right? He grabs Faith, he drags her to the Beetle, drives her back to... They don't have to wait for Nick to come across the bridge. Exactly. Yeah, right? Well, I guess they still have to get, maybe they have to get across the bridge, but it's just... It is a plot device, but that doesn't mean it's uh-huh. bad, right? I mean, it's, no, it's, not it's, at all. it's well done, right? Understanding how to build a story or in Harry's butcher's description, how to ask the question. I really like that. Yeah. Also, they mentioned the L, which is funny because Harry's always broke and always taking taxis. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we've never even thought about it besides this, which is funny. Oh, Tell we're from Southern California. <laughs> hey, Los Angeles has a way better public transit system than anyone gives it credit for. The Metro is actually incredible. Yeah. They do now. They do now. They did even right after I was in college. Like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it started to get really good with the gold line and stuff. But it, yeah. it it's so spread out. There is still plenty of NIMBY places where they don't let you go. But like, that was actually the mayor who was elected when I was in college, I think. He was our, con- our, our council member. Antonio Villaraigosa, who gets plenty of shit for plenty of good reasons, just so we're clear. <laughs> he was the city council member for Eagle Rock, I believe, but he was definitely the mayor later on. And his big push was Subway to the Sea. Mm-hmm. Subway to the Sea. And it was like 10 years after he was out of the office, but it was his start of the project that we got a light rail. It's not a subway, but it's a light rail yeah. that has to stop at some red lights. But it's a light rail that goes all the way to Santa Monica. <laughs> well, and, you know, I've I've taken the metro from Azusa to downtown LA for the Kings games. Yeah, it's faster than driving. Well, on that Friday night, it was on the way back, though. A drunk guy had stopped on the tracks and we had to get bussed. So it was an extra hour and a half. That's not Uh, If that drunk guy hadn't stopped on the track, it's not the Metro's fault. Exactly. 
But yeah, no, it is actually it gets it gets a lot of shit. And again, LA is still far too carry and far too it, it, uh, it is even, it, 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 even yeah getting from side to side of LA takes three hours. Like mm-hmm. on the metro in a car, it takes three hours. Yeah, it's, but, uh, but LA is also the LA metropolitan area is ginormous. Yeah, it's stupid. It was built with cars, and it was it, it wasn't built with anything in mind, but it eventually. Yeah with cars in mind and it spread out instead of up and mm-hmm. the picket fence and single family homes and all that. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, was it the De Beers? Who? No, not De Beers. Who's the paint company? I can't, I can see it in my head. De Beers, De Beers is the, De Beers is the reason why diamonds are expensive. Mm-hmm. I can't think about it. Sherman, Sherwin Williams. No, it's the they, other one. They used to be in the, in rubber. And that's why they were a big impact on destroying the first LA, LA red cards. We're like, Actually, a model. No, 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 that's, 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 um, that's Judge Doom. Yeah, yeah, Judge Doom (laughs) killed it. (laughs) But Judge Doom and, uh, they're a paint company now, but they were a big part of the tire industry was big on expanding highways, obviously. It was the automobile, somebody in the automobile industry. So that makes sense for tires. And now it's going to drive you crazy. It is. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those, like, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then it got destroyed so that they, I mean, there was a real thought that highways and cars were the future and did make more sense. And the idea of like self-determination and driving yourself around mm-hmm. is a very American, you know, middle of the 20th century ideal. So like, I, I understand that wholeheartedly, but it was definitely a corporate kind of destroy something that works so that you have to buy our product. Yeah. One of those things. What was it? Uh, oh, that's gonna kill me. Just one of those one of those names that you know, and they have they were probably involved in the uh, Smedley Butler fascist overthrow, like the Bushes literally happened. George George Bush's grandpa was involved in a plot to overthrow FDR that got all the way up to like a a colonel or a general, and he's like, well, no, they wanted to put him in charge, and he said, no, no, like <laughs> America, yeah, absolutely. Some like banana shit. Yeah, Um, there's a lot of historical crazy. The business plot. The White House putsch. (laughs) The idea. Now this is going to fucking bother me as well. Oh my god. General Motors, Firestone, Standard Oil, and Phillips Petroleum were the big ones. But there's another one you can't fucking remember. Either way. But yeah, those, those are the big ones that come up. But yeah, the middle of uh, early to middle last century were very strange. But yeah, look, look, look that up. Honestly, the White House putsch or the business, you know, the Smedley Butler thing. In case you haven't figured out by this point, we love stupid random facts and uh, tiny little, tiny little historical minutia. I mean, a dude who was central to a fascist plot to overthrow the president of the United States, who's grandson and great-grandson were presidents like (laughs) that's minutia it's like a pretty big like flashing red light that's Uh, true that's true i um that's not like that's not a conspiracy theory that's not like something i'm i'm like like deep into online like that's actually like like the business plot like it's it was a thing to overthrow fdr because of the new deal policies and stuff agree or disagree with them which they seem to be okay still around it is is fucking crazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had a I worked for a costume designer who she thought the bushes were lizard people as were the 
Michelle Obama's Michelle Obama's a male lizard, I'm sure, in this case. Uh, I, this was this was in the early 2000s. Yeah. Well, this isn't that. Just so we're clear, I just the want British. People... <laughs> yeah, the British royal family were also lizard people. That I could actually buy. It was interesting, and I was just you know you just kind of when someone's telling you this, you just smile and nod. <laughs> oh yeah, I got a very interesting conversation at the bar the other night. I'll tell you about. Um, <laughs> all right, so he, he didn't take the L. I love that we just all it took is one comment about the L and we are just <laughs> declining into the history. Like, of, how uh, fucking dare they say they couldn't fit in another short story? How fucking dare they? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there is no how fucking dare they because they're like, oh, they're going to talk about the most random shit. And you never know what we're going to talk about. What rabbit holes we are going down. That line, it belongs on the set of El Dorado. Uh-huh. We've seen that exact line before uh, at least once or twice. Yeah, yeah, the the reference to El Dorado has happened several. It's times. it's like it's like a a running gag, I guess at this point. Yeah, definitely. But what's what's interesting is I I mean, I've never seen El Dorado, but it's like a a John Wayne movie. I, I've like looked at pictures and clips. Nope. No one has like any long coats from what I can see. Maybe I again, I think I it's watched... a, probably like a an iconic cowboy movie maybe. Because and it's cowboy coat is okay. That's fair. I don't know how it's a cowboy coat. I don't think of cowboys as wearing long coats because how could you ride a horse? How could you ride a horse? But didn't Doc Holliday wear a long coat? Well, yeah, but he's special. (laughs) He's Um, our Huckleberry. Liz, he is our Huckleberry. Uh, The the other thing is, isn't El Dorado a Disney movie? Because El Dorado is the city of gold. I think that's a different one than the one they're than the one they're referencing. Maybe the reference. I could be wrong. But no, I know they're referencing the old. Of course, that movie, we know that movie is a fake, the Disney cartoon, because obviously they found the real City of Gold in the smash hit documentary National Treasure 2. Oh, that's true. That is right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it was behind, you know, it's, it's behind Mount Rushmore. Yes, obviously. Duh. As we all, as we all know. Duh. <laughs> it's in the Black Hills. <laughs> I do love. Yeah, he says it's like it wasn't up to snuff for professional. I, that's him being, you know, deferential, right? Like it's again, I, it's hard to get in break into any industry, so I'm sure it was just impossible to break into, you know, being a writer. But with a uh, short story, oh sure, but just what he said, like, like he says that you know it's it's a pedestrian effort or whatever. But like, I don't think it was all that bad. That's what I'm saying. Like that first, I don't even want to say whole page, but there's like a section of like half a page where you get so much exposition mm-hmm. in the classic butcher not hitting you over the head with it, just making it very clean and yeah. believable and flow. That is like, he already, and now he did clean this up from the course where he first wrote it. Obviously sure. he had it. And I, I mentioned that about how Stormfront feels so much more complete than Full Moon did. Like, just feels like it's a lot more touched up more like smoother around the edges uh-huh. for i think the same reason right the yeah. first novel you probably had for a little bit longer and you go back to and you touch it up and you go back to and you touch it up whereas full moon he was you know a writer now it's a job and you got to get this done and, and send it to the, send it on and it was still you know not again we, we t- talked ad nauseum about how much we enjoyed it for all its faults but this is i really love that first page it's like yeah exactly how what what butcher's about 
getting us into the story, explaining who the Astors are, who the kid is, who Nick and Perry are. Like in just a few lines, it's like the first couple chapters of some novels it takes to learn this much about people. He's good at, again, we, we've talked about this a million times, not beating you over the head with exposition uh-huh. in a like droning on kind of way. Yeah, no, it's one of his best skills, which is such a weird thing but to be for me to like keep harping on. But like, I hate when books and stories just like sit there and tell you about the book or the story, right? Like mm-hmm. I talked about how Game of Thrones, the show, because it's such a dense story, they started doing what they called sex position. Anytime there's an exposition scene, there would also be titties on screen. <laughs> and that was kind of their way of dealing with it. Butcher's yeah. way of dealing with it is just be really good at it. it he's <laughs> very, it's concise. Yeah, but it's very also good at being yeah. concise. Mentioned El Dorado. He also has hiking boots on here. Yeah. Which would make a lot more sense because he's always walking all over the place. Yeah. But nowadays, he almost always wears cowboy boots. And I think that most of that is for the uh, comedic effect of like juxtaposition of that and something funny that he wears. But yeah, it was just funny that he has hiking boots and he walks around all the time and he gets like, (laughs) wear those. Have those be your go to. Right. Or give us a story as to why you don't have hiking boots anymore. One time he did mention that Mr. Now that that was on his his uh he peed on his one of his robes. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that Mister also got mad that he didn't come back in time and mm-hmm. he peed on his boots or something. It is interesting though. You have any other thoughts for that early chunk? No, there is no real just cut off. I uh I just have you know I have a few notes, but but a lot of them are just one word arrow another word. He mentions the Vargasi crime family and we've seen them before, but he Those doesn't the- mention the Marcone. He doesn't because those are the guys on top that Marcone is Oh, like, gotcha. That makes sense. And I have we seen I don't think we've seen any interactions between them yet. But yeah, that Marcone is the next big bad. But he's mentioned the Vargasis before, I believe, or if he hasn't, well, spoiler alert. They are the ruling crime family at the time. And it's relatively recent as of Stormfront that Marcone has ascended to that place i felt like it was a little bit earlier so maybe that battles that battle has to be currently ongoing yeah uh, that kind of power struggle but because kind of like murphy it'd be a little bit too fast if it wasn't already in the words but that was just a good good i don't want to say it's a reference but it's a good kind of easter egg for later on i guess yeah and one thing that i'm very glad that goes away from this is he uses the term black magician instead of black wizard mm. <laughs> Those are most, I mean, those are all pretty early on, but those were most of my thoughts where I just got too roped into the story moving forward to really <laughs> stop and take notes. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts or things to, that we can extrapolate wildly on? Oh, definitely. Uh, well, whatever happened to Nick and I want Faith to come back with this ring. Because <laughs> obviously I do love that the trolls are still pretty much the same. I would like to see more bridge trolls. I guess Chicago doesn't have a ton of bridges. Only if you're going across the river. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely did. I would like to have Faith come back. I think she should. She'd be like, what, a teenager now? No, she'd be in her early... She'd be in her, what, 20s? Yeah, it has to be pretty close, at least. I, I always struggle I always struggle with things like wondering how much of, like... How much time has passed? No, the, the word of Jim is what we call it in... In our universe, I just almost said in this universe, in the real world, IRL, uh, word of Jim is like facts or truths, uh-huh. at least. I'd say truths because 
it's not a fact until it's on the paper, right? But he says things about the story and you know at cons and uh-huh. you know in interviews and stuff. And he has mentioned her before. Okay. I'll say. And if you want to figure out that, we can cover that later. But he she you know that you're not the only one to think that. You're not you're not you're not interesting, Liz. No, but but he has no, been no, asked no. about her before and, uh-huh. he, and he has mentioned that there are people you know, people do want her to come back, which yeah. is interesting. Obviously, Nick was a big part of Harry's growth. Yes. It's one of those like does does it make sense to look backwards or, you know, is he just an important part of his past? Who knows? But yeah, you know, it's fine to say that both of these people are still running around in universe. Okay. And I was just thinking, you know, they're both investigators. So, you know, they'd run into each other. Or even, you know, if he just, you know, got a case that he couldn't handle and just referred it to Nick. Is Nick a wizard? I don't know. It's just, you know, the issue just. He, seemed, he certainly seemed to be clued in. Life questions. <laughs> Okay, so now at the current novels that just came out, it was 14 years after Stormfront, so about just a little under 20 after this. So she'd, oh, be, she'd, be, she'd be in her late 20s. At mid to late 20s, for sure. Yeah. She, so Harry was like 12. No, because remember, he was a little bit older than we thought in that first novel when we looked it up. He oh, was about 25. Right, right. He was 25, I think, in Stormfront. So he's early 20s here. He's just a baby. Yeah, very much so. Ma- Making his way downtown. <laughs> Talking fast? Walking fast? I don't know. Doing something. I just know he's making his way downtown. I digress from the digression of the digression. Shocking. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to see Murphy, for sure. Yeah. And and I like... It's funny. It almost feels like he's hiding who she is to have a cool reveal at the end. Yeah. And he maybe probably did that after the novels came out, right? Like, Mm -hmm. kind of, like I said, he probably... He was definitely going back and working on it. And put her in there. Maybe it wasn't even. To be well, no, she always she always was in here because okay. he talked he talks about how she had an experience as a beat cop. This is that. So we've referenced this exact moment of her okay. life before. Okay, and that's kind of why she and Harry work together, or why she because she knows what he's seen. She's she knows what stuff exists. That. Yeah, and we you know, kind of compared and contrasted that to Green's knowledge, where we're at in proven guilty mm-hmm. in universe. Gotcha. But so I would imagine the first time this was written, it wasn't like her name was like a cute little surprise at the end, right? Yeah. Didn't but did you you didn't you didn't think it was Murphy until that, or what'd you think? I I uh, I I actually did after like I I did think it was. Yeah, I mean, it, um, just knowing I had, what we know I mean, about her, it makes sense that she was right. Exactly, because I was like initially I was just like, oh, it's a cop, and then it was a girl cop. I was like, oh, it's Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago can't have two girl cops. No, Eight. but it was just like she's. I know, I know, I know exactly. And it was a homicide scene. I didn't realize she was just a beat cop at first. You know. Yeah, he picks up her hat at the end. Yeah, she's in uniform. Oh. But yeah, it's just. But it's just cool to see again, like at the beginning, how she reacted to that situation was definitely. Oh yeah. You know, like what? What the fuck? But she also didn't. It didn't. It didn't ruin her. No, she moved right on to wait. You guys are the perps. Wait, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, you know, it, it was cool to see her actually give Harry credit and believe the situation for once. Because mm-hmm. give her another year, and she has him getting his ass beat by that stick in a bunch of troll viscera. But for now, she's a trusting young buck. Yeah, again, just good to see Murphy. She, also, she bounced one back of the real quick though, too. With that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if this, if this is two years later, she would have been beating the shit out of Harry in handcuffs by now. Quite likely. But it, it is cool to see her 
just deal with, you know, like I did see it. So yeah, yeah. that's, let's move to the next thing in front of her is, eyes. We have this kid who was handicapped, but yeah, I like that. Again, the specifics there of it's not, it's not just a random PI. She describes it. Aren't you the two who run ragged angel, the agency that looks for lost kids. Yeah. Just a little bit more info on who Nick is. And what yeah, I mean, besides that, I had one kind of yikesy line, but yikes. That was all I had. I don't know what, if you had any thoughts. No, I didn't really have any. Just, I mean, we get it. A lot of people in jail are bad guys, but prison rape is not yeah. funzy. Just, you know, again, that's, again, one of those like product of the times. Yeah. But as we move forward, we real, we've, we've come to the realization, some of us anyway, that rape isn't good. <laughs> yeah, right? Weird. Like, even, to bad, even to bad guys, rape kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of institutionally allowed and supported rape is kind of a black stain on us more than the prisoners. Yeah, but, no, 100%. It, it's, it's, the, it's the institution. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so culturally just accepted that it happens that you know, in the nineties and aughts, we would just throw, throw away jokes about it. And it's yeah. like, you take one second to look at it. And like, that's like, holy fuck, what is wrong with us? Mm-hmm. In my mind, at least again, I, I can't speak for everyone and I would never choose, never try to, but mm-hmm. ideos. But again, it's one line and it's just them kind of coming to grips with them going to, to prison. And it's Nick who says it, it's not out of character. I don't think by any means yeah, it doesn't. kind of the grisly jaded private Dick down on his luck. Yeah, I mean, do you have a, any quotes you want to point out? Of course, quotes of the week. Let's see here. I only have three. Don't fuck me on this. <laughs> I have like five. You take more than one, I'm in trouble. <laughs> it might suit the trolls and the vampires and all those nasty, leering things that haunt our nightmares while we clutch our physics books to our chests and reassure ourselves they cannot exist. But I'm not part of it. I won't be a part of it. Magic, I said, the best kind, a little light in the dark. Which also doubles as my favorite part of the story. Mm-hmm. That, like that right there was her, you know, he talked about she didn't have magic in her life. And it's a little on the nose that it's yeah. literal magic. Yeah. But I, I do love that. Like, just like think about the good things in your life and it'll yeah. make you happy. Like, there are positive things. And that was really what that was, you know, yes. it was a metaphor, but it was, it was just like, I really thought that was cute. And then her waving that ring at the end. Yes. And it glowing again. I love um, that. I really did. Was really cute. And then I heard myself cackling and decided without a doubt that I had at least one screw loose. <laughs> Just the one, huh, Harry? Just the one. And then he couldn't bum a cigarette off the Marlboro Man. Which I appreciate. Yeah, but I feel like that is one of those you mentioned where it's like. It, it's not appropriate. Age appropriate. Not even appropriate. But it's, yeah. I don't. We don't mean like, oh, kids shouldn't talk about cigarettes. No, we no, mean, no. Like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't say that. And she also references the Marlboro Man twice. Yes. She um, does. um. But the other thing I was thinking about that is when, what year did he write this? Because remember, I don't actually know if you remember, but when I was really young, there were cigarette ads on TV. Oh, I remember that too. I, uh, remember, I know. I know the Marlboro Man exactly, and you know the camel, camel, but you the know old that, camel. The, that's one of the things where it's like, call him by his proper name, Joe Camel. Yes, sorry, but it it does you know make you wonder if this is a little a reference to his childhood versus like knowing what it, how a child acts. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair. All right, I like 
the police band is sending two descriptions around t- town to Chicago PD, and they match guess who? Mickey and Donald? <laughs> you take another step, and you're going to land smack in the too stupid to live category. I like that. Something about Harry, Harry's bluster is always great, because mm. we always know what's going to happen next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why I love it so much. And then, not funny, but I love, A, what it means to this story. Again, the kind of on-the-nose-ness of it, but also what it kind of means for Harry moving forward and what we've seen ups and downs with, mm-hmm. where he says, it's like I keep telling you, man, you've got to have faith. I do think it's interesting, too, where in this story, he talks about you got to have faith, you got to have faith on multiple occasions. And in the novel series, it's Michael who always says that. And he says very much similar. You got to have faith. You know? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, Michael's obviously coming at the word faith. Differently. Differently. Angle. Yeah. um, From a different angle, rather. But. You're right. And I think that's why I said, like, we've seen ups and downs with this, where mm-hmm. Harry's belief in Harry and Harry's belief in the goodness of the world is a huge part of his success when he's successful. Mm-hmm. And his lack thereof is a huge part of his lack thereof. Right. Yeah. When, he's fa- when he fails, it's often because he's expecting to fail or he doesn't think he's good enough. or He doesn't think he deserves it, as we've kind of touched on. And so this is, you know, this is a kid, right? Bright eyed, bushy tailed, ready to take on the world. So obviously he goes through some stuff, you know, uh, this is after what he's been through with Justin and Ebenezer and all that stuff. So like Mm -hmm. he's, he's still under the doom of Damocles at this point. Oh, that's right. So like, but to see him have this kind of positivity and like assumption that things will work out if you, if someone's there to help make it work out, right? He wants to be that person. And that is kind of his raison d'etre. And he has ups and downs with that, but and I really like that you brought up Michael because I wanted to touch on the difference between faith and faith, you know, yeah. like they are the same idea. And I think even Michael, you know, he, he, he says when he's leaving after the, his worst scene in a while, where he's like, I do, I, you know, I do have faith, Harry, in him and in you, you know, like, yeah, and I those like are that. the same, but those are different, right? Yeah. I mean, like, they're very different types of faith. And I, I think that's what Harry's talking about is like, and maybe they're not, I, again, I'm not religious anymore. And I, I could be misinterpreting Michael's, you know, projecting onto Michael there. So I, I apologize if so, but like just the idea of like believing things should work out. Cause why the fuck wouldn't, they? you know, like why, why, why is suffering the baseline? Like that's again, that's a, just reminding me of kind of my worldview, like suffering shouldn't be the baseline. I agree. There's no reason for us to to be fighting against suffering. Like the idea, yeah. it should be should be chill. And then we try to make it amazing. You know, the, it's the old. There's that John Adams quote where he st- he studies warfare and military so his son can study mathematics and something yeah. so his son can study art. Like you know, it's a very bad paraphrase, but that that idea of like things should be getting better. There's no reason for it to not. Yeah. Um. If. And the reason uh, there is a reason is people not believing it, people not working towards it. And well, so that's, and, like I said, that's Harry's entire raison d'etre. He yeah, he wants things to be better for the world. Well, and like uh, my um, general perspective on, I have a greater good complex, and it's you know way like I think that we should help each other. I think that we should care about each other. I think that um, communist, right? Exactly. <laughs> 
but like that is a big part of sort of my personal like belief system where it's just like well why do you do that why not like we had a a meeting staff meeting and we had these people from this organization in in the area here and they were talking about like why you do what you do and you know why you do this and you know everybody's like oh because you know that the, we help families and this that and the other thing and mine was because we can somebody's got to do it well and that's a, a lot of it is you know as as an investigator i go out into the world and i see the worst the world has to offer i see horribly traumatic things happen to to people, I have to speak to families about these horrible things that happen, and I, 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 I do it. I do enjoy my job, but I do this because I can. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to see horrible things and then, you know, not let it completely destroy me. Not let it. Completely... Like, that's a and that's a skill and a talent. Like, I, I literally physically like viscerally to my core could not do your job like i yeah. i physically can't do like i just would not be able to do and i beyond my emotional issues and me crying all, all the time <laughs> like i just like i can't see and deal with the things you can and i don't mean that as like yeah. you're like you know what i mean it's just it's very different experience through the world and i I commend you for it. I also am not jealous <laughs> <laughs> but you know but that's the whole thing where it's it's I guess it's kind of a similar kind of perspective to like Harry's worldview. It's you do what you can to make the world a better place. You can't just say, oh, I think the world should be better. You do what you can. And I I can. That's, you know, I, I, I physically can do this. So I do. And sometimes it's weird and fucked up. And <laughs> sometimes just, sometimes. I know, right. Only sometimes, but that's just, you know, it's the, it's, a lot of what uh a lot of what we do and how we are and all of that stuff. So yeah. I hear you, I hear you, I dig. Yeah. Any other things, ideas, thoughts? Um I mean, you I, do have to give us a crackpot theory about either Faith or Nick or something. Oh, Faith is coming back. Faith is gonna have to <laughs> Faith is gonna save the day at some point and hundred percent. So I'm just gonna tell you. This isn't from any books that have come out. Okay. It's from a word of Jim. So he said this to a con or to, you know, an interview or something. So just a, a, skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear a word of Jim spoilery thing. <laughs> she does come back and she actually is one of the things that kicks off the big apocalyptic trilogy. Ah, okay. So she's going to. No, I'm right. Show up and. She's not going to save the day though. <laughs> she, she may, but she. You know, whether she, I don't know, we don't know what, what her purpose, what her function, how that is. Yeah. But he just said like, yeah, no, she's going to, yeah, she's going to come out and kick things off. So there you go. So. Right. Short of that. Oh goodness. That's fine. I don't know. Got anything else uh, cooking our mind here? Or is that a happy turkey day to all? It all. But it'll come out. Couple days after after Turkey Day, so uh, happy Turkey Day to the Americans. Well, if I, you know what? If I get it, if I get it done, I'll have it. I'll just bring it. Send. I mean, I have to have get it gotten it done. If I don't get it done, it won't come out Saturday either. <laughs> I'll try to uh, get it out. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, so hopefully uh, nobody hurts themselves. Enjoy life. Watch football. Get fat. Or if you're not in the U.S., enjoy life. 
watch football and don't get fat. I guess <laughs> yeah, cultural differences right there in a nutshell. Happy Thursday if if you don't celebrate the uh, the Turkey Day. Otherwise, have a wonderful, have a great week. It's a ritual sacrifice with pot. With um, I like it's Anya, Anya, Christina, Emanuela. That's spectacular. Uh, whatever, whatever, I don't remember her full name. <laughs> That's Anya. It's a ritual sacrifice with, with pot. pot. I love it. I am Josh, and I am Alyssa. Podcast was on fire. And it wasn't my fault. Naughty children still mine. Give now. <laughs> that did a little something to my throat. <laughs>